0: Hey, what's going on there, Motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. So, today is the 7th of June, 2022. Significant day for me because I am coming back from my dropping off my five chainsaw-carved pieces to the heartwood exhibit for Team Tucci. She is the lead uh, floral artisan, freelance floral designer, artist who's conceptualizing and realizing this exhibit at the flower show. So, it was an interesting experience. left in a little bit this morning, me and Bogey got up, I had all the shit loaded up, I told you in yesterday's podcast, all those cartons were wrapped up and strapped down, and ready to go, so for the last couple days I've been driving around with, I don't know, a couple tons of wood, Standing upright, tethered down with ratchet straps, just to and fro the office, you know. So, I I tilted the, the owl, which is the tallest of these pieces, so that you could see its face and tell that my cargo was precious and wooden carvings. hit the road around 10.30 and arrived about 11.30 11.40 to a lot on Patterson Avenue in Philly so right across from the stadiums Citizens Bank Park, etc. so there we sat it was called being in the queue so I sat behind a bunch of box trucks drivers for which would hop out and smoke a cigarette before they jump back in and accelerate a little bit further up the queue and then finally somebody came down and said are you with Renee I said yep Kind of accelerated. He said, "Okay, you can go go across the road, get in lane two, make a left." So, for any listeners, if you do go down the flower show, you want to access lane two if it's still called that. It's basically. Shit, I'll get the booth number, but it's the Heartwood Exhibit at the Philadelphia Flower Show (PFS) it's going to be outside, so that's delightful. Excited. I'd rather be outside than walking inside the interior of the Philadelphia Convention Center, you know. I got four complimentary tickets. And I got four visors, yellow visors with the Hartwood logo on it. And I got a Tupperware container full of watermelon. Pulled up, cut the freaking plastic off my, the outside of my moving blankets. <laughs> Loosened up the ratchet, ratchet straps and began to unload the cargo immediately. And they had places for all the things that I had carved and they praised me for my work, said it looked great in the pictures, but seeing it face to face is next level. So they were very pleased. I glued in the little slurpy tongue for the frog and glued in the stem of the apple core. Helped them situate some things. And off we off we went. And Bogey, he was he's riding shotgun, he was Wanted to get out and run around and play with everybody and he had some people come over and say hello. Now he's sleeping. We're gonna get some lunch. So it was quite the experience and it's only just beginning because this time next week we will be there to enjoy the flower show and to to visit and, and see the carvings and such. Now I'm gonna get you know some. As everything comes together. I'm going to get progress picks. And so, all the shit that I've been talking, all the stories that I've been telling about these, these carvings that I've been working on for this special purpose, I completed them, I delivered them, I fulfilled my part of the bargain. I've been paid I'll be able to sell these carvings for a pretty penny. So I'm going to be taking them home once the flower show the conclusion of the flower show. And so it's a big time a great experience real win. so glad to have played a role you'll hear more and more about I'll probably have at least three more flower show posts and on Facebook and <clears throat> podcasts here so what an honor you know an honor to do my work. An honor to be part of something like this. Just great, you know? God, art really is the most special thing. I encourage anybody who's listening to who thinks that they're not an artist to start something, to find something. You don't do it because you expect to have your your art in the freaking museum or even the flower show that's only for special artists like me. But I don't do it for that shit anyway, you know, like... I do it for the experience, I do it for the love to create something, to sculpt something that people will, you know, see something special in or hopefully appreciate. And they have. And they will. And we'll go down and make a nice family event out of it. Next Tuesday, we'll head down. Andy and the kids will be out of school. Already almost halfway through the week, school and work. They're fucking teckered out. They need a break, so this will be a nice little visit. We'll go down. I don't know if we can bring dogs to the flower show. If we can, we will most certainly bring Bogie. Heading home from that. Feel very good. Feel like mission has been accomplished. Now we're gonna go to the RJ Farmers Market, get some friggin' chow, and we're gonna head home, play, tend the garden, prepare for tomorrow. We get a real busy day at the office. Knock out some anatomy schoolwork. Probably take a nap before the kids come home. Today's a good day. Um, uh, switching, switching the topics now. I received a phone call from a, uh, a friend yesterday. The type of friend that, you know, we're all so busy anyway, living our lives, etc. We don't really have time. I don't hear from him a lot. He moved out of state had some problems, some substance abuse issues over the years that we've all known about. Many of us have have our own, we all have our own problems, you know. Shared with you that I used to drink too much, had to put a stop to it. Well, my friend got a little bit of a, a little bit of a stronger addiction than that. A bit of a hard drug addiction, so like many people who who turn to substances, he can live a... You know, you all see him in pictures online. And uh, he's got a family. He's a very talented man. He's a good guy. He's a good friend. Um, he, He can live a pretty productive, functional life. But there are periods where he does too much. And then finds himself trying to stop and it's not very easy for him to stop you know so I knew that something like this was going on you know I, when I received communication from him I haven't spoken to him in years but I figured that was what's going on, say he need to talk to somebody so him and his wife are on you know they're not doing well they're always arguing and of course the root of that is substance abuse I've known this has been a problem for a couple decades I just wanted to end in the best possible way, you know preferably to be him alive and rehabilitated and productive in society and reunited with his family, so Call my podcast, if you're an avid listener, you'll remember that I lost a friend to alcoholism just last year, just more than a year ago, lost my buddy Z, and uh, we were thick as thieves, you know, we the story, my story about joining the Marine Corps, about two, two little you know, teenagers who got in trouble, were a little bit of troubled youths, and wound up. ...joining the delayed entry program... ...because my mother brought us to the recruiting station... ...that was him... ...he was the other boy... ...he was the boy that I wasn't supposed to hang out with... ...because he was a bad influence... And I don't know if... Uh, ...he was probably... ...probably was a bad influence... ...and I on him... ...you know, we're two young... ...just scrappers... ...trying to find our way in the world... ...as teenagers... So, for a couple decades, he had a terrible alcoholism issue. He would drink, you know, just bottles. He would get what they call a handle, which is like a vodka, plastic vodka bottle with, like, I don't even know what it is, a quart or something, half gallon. of grain alcohol, you know, vodka. Rum. And so he he had periods where he lost jobs, couldn't work, couldn't hold relationships. Would get his act together and he'd be fine for a while and then he wasn't fine for a while. In and out of rehabs with the best of intentions. That's the problem that's the problem with uh you know some of the people that I've known. And I, I, I think I don't know if I know a lot of druggies or alcoholics by and comparatively, I don't know. It seemed like it growing up that's all we did was drink and smoke weed, you know? So I don't I can't imagine too many people with different realities, like everybody knows somebody's got a substance abuse issue. So Z's dead, he freaking died, he dragged himself to death, he squandered many opportunities, wasn't strong enough to fully rehabilitate himself, he would have a tough hit a rough patch and he would turn to his his favorite substance that he knew could take the pain away, if only for Few hours, you know, it we went away time and again. Broken marriage, daughter that kind of watched all this shit go down. Terrible. that scarred us all, having lost Z, my gang of friends that we grew up with, you know, we always were going to take care of each other, we fielded many phone calls about Z's welfare, and uh, the seemingly inevitable decline, you know, it got to the point where we were like, oh, he could wind up dead tomorrow, he could live another 20 years, but never was pretty with him. Uh, you can see that when you did interact with him, he was never, um, he, he was not himself. He was not the man that I knew. Something was missing. You can tell, like, the, the lights were on, but he wasn't driving. He was, nobody was home. Addiction was driving, you know, uh, propensity to choose this substance and base his behaviors on the need for this substance, and that's a terrible thing for the human psyche, the human mind to have to be saddled with something like that. where There's always, like we all have motivations, right? Don't we all have motivations and things that drive us? I mean, we like to think that all these motivations are pure, and it's well, pure, and they, it's our of our own volition that we do all this. I've been talking about our attention, how our attention is the single most uh, powerful substance. It's the greatest addiction we have. I think Chris Rock or some comedian said this recently. It's our attention. It's not crack, it's not heroin, it's not all that stuff. It's, It's our attention. Our attention is competed for, dominated. And so we do things... Based upon what society, the internet, the algorithms, substances, whether it's a charge from a nice swig of soda, or a beer, or a pizza, or fucking candy, or sex, or some hard drug, you know, it's not to make light of, of hard drugs, but there are a great many substances out there. Some people are addicted to stress. Addicted to drama. So. So my friend. Z is dead. I don't think any of us have completely... Dealt with that, you know? Like, we knew that we were ready for it because it seemed like it could happen at any time over the past 20 years. He was just living a fucked up life. Had many chances that he just could not capitalize on. It. And in the end, he was found in a government sponsored hotel with plastic vodka bottles strewn all over the fucking place. Like indigent housing, you know? Some old dilapidated Howard Johnson's. Some anonymous door. You know? Some fucking roach motel. And a friend that contacted me yesterday whom I spoke to today essentially describing an addiction to cocaine and crack. Said that he's going away for a long time because in order to get his neurotransmitters right and get all this out of his system and hopefully for his mind to recalibrate it's going to take time he needs time away from the substances he needs time you know, away from his family says he's not going to be able to for the next month he's not going to have his own phone he's going to get his cell phone back after about three weeks and he'll reach out to us and stuff stay local. He tried to do rehab closer to home for a few times because maybe he could see his family on the weekends or whatever. He could get visits, still be a father and a husband and all that. Realize he's got to go away and he's got to hopefully purge himself and be helped out of this situation. He's talking about dopamine. You know, a lot of the real hardcore addicts that, you know, they've been through rehab before. They know that they've the made the science of it. These substances, whether it be a hard drug or any of the things that I mentioned before, they go after, and among other neurotransmitters, one called dopamine. So dopamine gives us a charge of satisfaction. It gives us a a shot of reward. Right, you get this naturally when you accomplish something like my like dopamine is high right now because I just went fulfill this mission, to deliver this art and to be part of something like that, you know, gives me a shot of, of dopamine when you give somebody a hug or you make a friend or you get complimented on a job done well or any of that, you get a shot of dopamine. big part of the mechanism of these drugs is that they activate the dopamine receptors. They bind to the dopamine receptors in your brain. So all his dopamine receptors are full when he's doing drugs. When he goes off drugs and tries to, you know, White knucklet, as he called it, he loses energy completely. He's like he'll gotta sleep 12, 14 hours a day. He has no motivation, no nothing. And this is, you know, that sounds like to me, Mr. Motivator, that sounds like impossible. You know, how could imagine never having motivation, never having like that instinct to get up and go and do something, be productive force your will on the situation well your mind controls the body my friend so if you've abused your mind to the point where you can only get dopamine exogenously through some street drug then all those receptors are empty when you stop taking it and so as he describes the only thing he can think about he's got a million you know, notions running through his mind But the main one is to get drugs. Because he knows it can help him. Now I read a, a book a while back by this grunge guy. I forget his name now. basically about, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle, sex, drugs, rock and roll, all this shit, but he was a bad addict with heroin, he would say, he would refer to getting a fix as getting well, because the only time you feel good is when you take these, these drugs, or that drink, or that food, you know, or that sex, or whatever your compulsion is, you know? That's the only time he feels good. So while I feel myself judging my friend and I'm angry at him, because of all that's at stake, his marriage you know, his relationship with his son who was in his teens his livelihood I also understand you know, the power of addiction and how the the neurotransmitter thing, the dopamine, the, you know, the withdrawal. I've I've read about it. I I understand how people could wind up in in a predicament like this. We might judge them and say, oh, never me. That's crazy. I can't believe you. You know, know, people say, love the addict, hate the addiction. Problem is with loving the addict is that you expose yourself to them and they're they bullshit. So if they're a mess relationship-wise and you're a friend to them or you're married to them, you're you're gonna be a mess. And if you if they're a mess fiscally, financially, they're gonna ask you for money. You know, addicts will steal from their own family. It's a powerful, powerful shit. I'm very sad to hear anybody sort of predictable because I know that's the thing when you, you know how I love people I know how special a human being he is I mean I haven't seen him in a very long time 15 years something like that maybe my bachelor party I haven't seen him in a long time but I know that there's good in him, I know he's a great person, he's, he's strong, he's kind, he's smart, he's, he wants to do all the right things, he knows that what he really needs to do is, you know, is be, you know, love his family and support them and, and be, be healthy. That's the thing, and once you do this, however you know, many times, you realize, okay, I don't know how many second chances I'm gonna fucking get here. Running out of chances, running out of opportunities. So now he—he's like, I gotta go away. I gotta go away, and I gotta get genuinely well. I'm gonna die, you know, or at the very least, I'm gonna make I'm gonna suffer myself, and all the people that I love are gonna suffer alongside me. That's a fucking terrible feeling, you know. I told him that, uh, you know, I love you, man. He told me he loved me too. He said, Oh, everybody's calling me. I said, Well, you know what that is, bro, that's love. And it's probably the only thing stronger than this, this, these drugs, you know. People care about you. They want you to be to be healthy, to be happy, to be through this shit. We want you to be the exception, you know, to the people that, that ultimately drug abuse leads to their demise. Kills them. We don't want you to have... Some untimely end. We want you to thrive. We want you to be happy and healthy, and, and to be in our lives, or at least live your the best your best life. I said when I said about the love thing, like, you know, people a lot of people care about. He goes, yeah, well, not 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 a lot, I mean, There's a lot of people down here that uh, live That they're all, you know, people I work with, people I'm, my friends are all pieces of shit. <laughs> like okay, well you're hanging out with you He goes, yeah, they all do drugs. They all have the same problem. Like well, well, that's a problem, bro. You know, I'm sure in the communities in which we live here, where I live, I'm sure that there are people who that I interact with every day that have major um, addiction issues. they're wrong, it's one of those things that nobody talks about until it, until it becomes a major problem, right, until it expresses itself in a, some terrible way, some failing, some, you know, I'm going to go off to rehab now, and, you know, it's, in a way, it's like, it's, it's, incredibly looked down upon, but I, you know, I think it's very widespread. And to be an addict, it's like you get no sympathy. It's your own fault. You keep doing this. You don't get it. Well, yeah, I, uh, regarding my buddy like that, I'm like, bro, I, I've been known you've had problems with drugs for a long time. Don't you feel like embarrassed? Don't you feel like, well, like it's pathetic that this is going on, gone on long enough and at some point you had to get off and going to be extremely painful, but you, for all the right reasons, you had to do it, you had to end the, uh, you know, the fucking ugly ass ride, the people that care, that stand by and care about you, that they want you to be better and be and get beyond this stuff and, and be your best person you can possibly be, but you got people rooting for you. And the harsh reality is that folks will stop rooting for you. We do this a lot. You know. We do this repeatedly. You know, everybody's got their problems. They're not of this magnitude, but... They're problems nonetheless. They're obligations and problems and commitments. and Challenges that we all have in life. And... People will not make time for it. Like I was honestly wondering and I'm ashamed of it on some level. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop where he was going to say alright, yeah, well, you know so if you need anything, let me know. I was thinking he was going to ask me to help fund his rehab. What do you say to that when somebody, it's an opportunity for them to get better? You say, no, I don't have the money to give you. Well, that's the reality, but I could contribute something. I would want to know that it wasn't going to be squandered though you know you hear about people going to rehab and coming back and being good for a few months and then falling off the wagon like <clears throat> so well that's a bummer you know but I'm, I'm happy that my friend is, is seeking um, the opportunity to to heal from this and he's doing the right thing and, and getting the help he needs I'm sorry that it's come to this. It's not the first time, and uh, you know, I hope he's able to right his ship and go on, live a productive life, and be happy and healthy. So. so that's kind of a bummer, but look, I'm pleased to be there for him. It's not a bummer to be there for a friend, and I feel like I'm glad he Reached out to me. He knows that I'll I'll stand with him. So, who knows what the future brings, but you know, in our present, at least we can be there for the people that we love. I'll always remember a little bit of a eerie thing about when you have somebody who's got a problem like this. That you remember that little boy, you know. You remember growing up together and all of your exploits and the things that you the fun that you had and the trouble you got into. And you you remember those moments where you bonded and you, you looked out for one another and how good that felt to be to have a friend like that. And so that's the most important thing to me that to preserve that and to say, "Yep, yeah, yeah, you're my friend." somebody I care a very great deal about, and I'm going to stand with you. And so, I guess today is a good day. I'm uh, blessed for the opportunity to be there for a friend. Right, Bogie? Bogie doesn't have a problem with any of this stuff. He's always there for his friend. He's right there. Literally right there. Get his muzzle just kind of perched on my uh, console here. So as I uh, meander up Allentown Road towards the R&J Farmer's Market where I'm going to stop and get some groceries it's 1pm and uh, good use of time on my day off and I still got quite a while to go. I hope everybody's having a good week. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. <laughs>